You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. A lot to get to on the program today. we got a decommitment from Alabama. You don't hear about that a lot. Recruiting and transfer news, as you might expect. We'll look at Scotty Phillips from Ole Miss in our scouting spotlight as we step inside the film room. And we take a look at a school per day. And today we break down Missouri. I still think it was odd when they were added to the SEC, but they are indeed a part of the SEC now and had certainly have had some success. So uh, we'll get to it right now. First, go to Twillery.com. That's Twillery.com where you put in the Locked On promo code and you get $25 off some fantastic shirts. And they are absolutely wrinkle-free, comfortable, and you're going to love these shirts. So, Chris, we start with Missouri. What do you make of uh, Barry Odom's team and what they've been able to do since they've been in the SEC and in particular what they might do this year? Well, it's certainly been different since they've entered the SEC. Uh, Obviously, Gary Pinkle had a couple of really good teams combined with the East really not getting it done, Mark Rick, to some degree underachieving, Florida having their issues, Tennessee having their issues. And so I think it's a little bit fool's goal to think that Missouri can contend and win the East and on a regular basis. I think we talk about the haves and the have-nots and the perfect storm needed for certain programs to win in the in the SEC that are not one of the, the big six or seven. And, and I think Missouri fits into that category. Um, so, you know, it, it is – I always thought it was going to be difficult for Barry Odom, a Missouri guy, to – live up to what Gary Pinkle did. But again, Gary Pinkle in this current state of the SEC East would not be winning uh, as well. And I was, you know, I questioned Barry Odom, certainly a fit, you know, in terms of a guy that knows the program and has been a Mizzou Tiger. I questioned whether he would be able to do big picture what needed to be done at Missouri and a little bit critical of him. And I got to tell you, he's kind of turned things around and has done a very good job. Um, it's going to be a transition year. Now, this offseason wasn't very good. It's a bowl ban one year this year, and that's a tough tough news they got. I thought that um, the NCAA, in its infinite wisdom, I thought was very unfair to, to – but, you know, from what I know, and I don't know all the details, but I thought they really complied very well, and um, so they moved forward with that. Obviously, the big news on the field – uh, or off the field, leading to on the field, is the addition of Kelly Bryant and Drew Locke going out. Kelly Bryant's not Drew Locke. Drew Locke was a really good passer, and he opened up that offense. I think Kelly Bryant's a leader, and I'm very curious to see what Derek Dooley will do with him in the offense and giving him uh, the opportunities to, listen, as a defense, you've got to play another defender in the box because of his run threat. I think Larry Roundtree is one of the best running backs in the country that no one probably will talk about till they start really seeing him. I, I think he's one of the best backs in the SEC and in the country, and um, I think that's saying a lot. We've talked about Albert Owokabam, uh, the uh, Albert O, as we like to call him, the tight end, one of the very best in the country. Um, so it's it's really a good group. Barry gets a little bit of a bump in terms of he's no longer the lowest-paid coach in the conference. Um, you know, I, I think that, they're going to have to start better. Dave, they've really struggled out of the gate to get, you know, games going. And then 
the season gone, rather, and then they've not been able to finish games. Look at last year's losses to South Carolina and Kentucky. I mean, Barry's four and six in games decided by seven points or less. So those are things that they've got to overcome. They've got to get better starts. And for goodness sakes, if they don't start better this year, shame on them. Um, Wyoming will be a little bit of a challenge, but they shouldn't stub their toe there. West Virginia is a challenge, but Southeast Missouri, I mean, th- there's a really good chance they could be 3-0 and going into the South Carolina game. Um, got Troy as well, which is, is no easy plight. Um, so listen, I think that, you know, Bryant's going to create some mismatches. They've got, uh, some, some quality receivers. I think the offensive line is one of the better units in the league. Um, so it, it's, it's really good in that regard. So you got a proven playmaker at running back receiver tight end. I like the cornerback tandem. Um, I, you know, I worry a little bit about the depth at running back if round three goes down. They certainly are going to be in trouble if Kelly Bryant goes down. They don't have the quality experience at quarterback. And then the one thing that's really changed, remember when Missouri could line up and they had a pass rusher every year? They just have not had that. So that's been an issue that uh, they need to play better defensively. I think they're one of the better coach defenses in the league. From a position standpoint, an assignment technique standpoint, I think that Barry does an outstanding job. They've been really, really good in that regard. They just don't have the type of playmakers. They're missing that. So, listen, I, I think that there's there's a chance that this team could surprise a little bit this year. I think that if Derek Dooley's smart, they're going to bring a lot of the stuff for Kelly Bryant that he did at Clemson. You certainly don't want to run the same offense that you did with the Drew Locke. Um Again, solid backfield, good tight end, good running back, some quality receivers, a very good offensive line. This offense should be pretty good. And defensively, it's, you know, they're going to miss Beckner. I think Jordan Elliott, the kid from Texas, is really good. Um, So we'll see how this will play out. I'm not a big, hey, let's go down and predict the wins. But, man, I you know, I think the key games are, if you look at Barry against um, South Carolina and Kentucky, um, they, they've, they've not been very good yet. Unbelievably he's six and oh against Florida, Tennessee and Arkansas the last two years. Wow. So it's, it's been, you know, it's been impressive in that regard, but, um, you know, not been really all that. Pro- I, I think it's, again, they played well against South Carolina and Kentucky, but th- that's the key games there. Um, I don't expect them to beat Florida. I don't expect them to beat Georgia. Uh, when Tennessee gets it back, I don't necessarily expect them to beat them, but Tennessee's a couple of years away from being there. So to me, the games are, you know, uh, you, listen, you don't have uh, an Alabama. You got Vanderbilt. You got Ole Miss in the cross rival uh, on the um, Ole Miss on the, the cross uh, the divisional game. I think it comes down to obviously what you do against South Carolina, what you do against Kentucky. You got to take care of business on the road against a Vanderbilt, but the schedule shakes up to be pretty good. You look at it and say, what's two games that you think, boy, they just, I don't see them winning. Well, one of them's Florida, a team that they've beaten the last couple of years. Um, I don't see that, and I don't see Georgia. So this has a potential chance that they take care of South Carolina and Kentucky to be not a good year, but a special year. But can they do that and then take care of business and not have any hiccups against Ole Miss or Vanderbilt or Tennessee? I mean, I don't think they're better than Tennessee. I don't think Tennessee's better than they are. So 
I would say the season in terms of how the swing games are would be South Carolina, Kentucky, and Tennessee at this point. And then you just got to take in, in out of conference, West Virginia. Uh, you should be able to win that game. It's at home. Uh, West Virginia is going to be starting a new quarterback in Austin Kendall. Uh, it's the second week of the year. That's a game if you're going to be a player and, and you're, you're going to do something, you know, have a special year and maybe win eight games, you know, you got to win that game. So I, I think that Barry is, uh, I thought, and I want to just say it here publicly that I wasn't sure that he was the best fit in terms of certainly a fit as a, as a Missouri guy, but I didn't necessarily see him as that's a guy that can get it done. I think now he's showing signs that he potentially can get it done at Missouri. And when I say get it done, go to bowl games every year. Maybe if you schedule correctly, win eight games a year. You know, I think that is doable and it's definitely doable for this year's Missouri team. Yep. We will see definitely a, a bit of a year of transition at the quarterback uh, position. But I agree with you. I did not think that. Barry Odom was a was a great hire at the time, but uh, he's had more success than I thought he would. Coming up, we'll have the latest recruiting and transfer news. There is <clears throat> always transfer news, so stay tuned. You're locked on SEC Football Podcast. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. Don't forget Twillery.com. Get $25 off just by using the Locked On promo codes. Stay tuned. More after this. You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. You're Locked On SEC Football Podcast. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. Let's get right to recruiting and transfer news. And 10 years ago, transfer news was just a a little bit of minutiae in college football. And we've mentioned how recruiting has taken off in the summer months, but uh, now it's a common theme. So, Chris, recruiting and transfer news across the SEC. Yeah, just the latest, obviously, from yesterday. Uh, Ole Miss received a verbal commitment from a really good receiver, a four-star receiver in Chris Abrams. Uh, six feet. He's uh, 170 pounds. Um, he selects Ole Miss over uh, Tennessee, West Virginia. Um he is, uh, you know, made the public announcement. Now, a lot of the in the recruiting circles was that he was kind of privately and quietly committed to Ole Miss for some time. He's from Spanish Fort, Alabama. Uh, he was a commitment to LSU for a year prior to backing off in early March. And, you know, we always like to say keep that in mind when you get these early commitments. Will it stick? Um, but he's uh, – Abrams Drains is a, is a really good player. Uh, Chris Abrams is – um, really plays receiver, plays defensive back. Um, he's going to be a receiver in college. I mean, he's a top 350 overall prospect, a really good get for the Ole Miss Rebs. Um, a little bit small moves, move, but a, an interesting guy that I think can help South Carolina in reserve at tight end um, is Nick Muse uh, from uh, William & Mary, a junior tight end. He's 6'5", 235. Um, he was looking to make a transfer up. He's got the ability to do so. It was down between North Carolina State and South Carolina. Uh, productive player at that level. Um, if, if you remember uh, the name, Tanner Muse, is, 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 is his brother is a defensive back at Clemson. So um, 
good a get a good solid get good solid free agent get as I like to call it college free agent get for South Carolina. Um, I, I want to make another quick note as we go around the country. Uh, interesting recruiting news, uh, Dave, and that Notre Dame got a verbal commitment. Um, I, I think the best tight end in the class of 2021 in Kane Barong. And maybe what makes this a little bit more uh, newsworthy is that Clemson was the strong lean for him, and um, but he's decided to go to Notre Dame as really good quickness, really good hands. This guy can be an early impact guy, and at 6'5", 220, he's going to grow and be a 245-pound guy in college. And, um, of course, early commitment, again, will he stick to it? We, we never know. We, we always get a little, you know, a questionable with uh, with our believability on how long these commitments will, will stick. But, uh, you know, most of them do stick. And if it does stick, this is a really good get for Notre Dame uh, beating out Clemson. I think that's a storyline in this day and age when somebody beats out Alabama or Clemson on a kid that they really want. No, I agree. And it's funny we talk about how Clemson is recruiting better than they ever have. Uh, we talk about how uh, the Alabama-Georgia recruiting battles are are fantastic to watch, but there's Notre Dame just kind of hanging out, lurking in the top five in the nation if you follow recruiting rankings. So uh, kudos to that staff and what they've been able to do. Now, we talk about uh, Alabama commitments all the time, but in this particular case, uh, we have a decommitment, which is pretty unusual. Well, it is, although uh, I don't know that this is going to be the last one that decommits because as you get some of these top guys and you get your numbers up to 2021, um, sometimes it's a school that maybe kind of backs out. Sometimes it's a kid that says, man, they're loaded at that position. They've added two more guys at my position. You know what? I'm going to look around. I'm going to take some more visits if I hadn't taken all my visits, and I'm going to look at some other options. Well, that's the case with um, Dazzlin' Worsham, uh, another four-star receiver. Um, he was been committed to Alabama since April. Um, where is he going to consider now? Well, I know he was considering Auburn, Clemson, Florida, and Florida State. So um, we'll see where his, uh, as he begins this re-recruiting process, we'll call it, um, I don't, I, I think that he's not going to go back to Alabama in terms of a commitment. I think that that is, um, he's looking at the numbers and he's maybe looking at another situation. Now Clemson is pretty loaded as well. There's, we know Florida's got some really good receivers, but Florida's not as deep with as many quality young guys as Clemson and Alabama. So we'll see. And Florida state certainly has a big opening and what he thinks about that program. Don't know, but, um, Dazzlin' Worsham no longer committed to the tie. Uh, I think they'll be all right, though. How about you? Yeah, no, I think they'll, I think they'll survive it. <laughs> okay, coming up, uh, we'll take a look at Scotty Phillips from uh, Ole Miss, a player that has garnered Chris's attention. Uh, stay tuned. You're locked on SEC Football Podcast. He's Chris Landry with LandryFootball.com. I'm Dave Hooker. Twillery.com. Get $25 off by using the Locked On promo code on some fantastic shirts. Don't iron. Uh, wear shirts that are soft and comfortable. That is Twillery.com. Scotty Phillips from Ole Miss after this. You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome 
Welcome back. Let's take a step inside the film room when you're locked on SEC football podcast. It is Scotty Phillips from Ole Miss. Your thoughts on uh, this young man and his ability and the kind of season he can have in 2019? Well, you know, I think Scotty is is a unheralded guy. Um, you know, he's very been very, very productive. Um, and, uh, you know, he's had the ankle injuries, which kind of set him back a little bit. Uh, and they've got a good group. They've obviously got, um, uh, you know, Jerry Ely. We've talked about the great baseball prospect. They've got Isaiah Willard. But um, so there's there's some competition. And uh, but I think that Scotty is a really productive player. And, you know, the ability to get yards after contact is what jumps out at me on film. Um, he had over 500 yards uh, after contact last year. Um, he rushed for 928. But those 516 post-contact yards were uh, account for over half. Do the numbers? That, that's pretty impressive when you talk about a guy that he's you know he's short in five eight. That's fine for a back. Uh, it really helps from a vision standpoint or the um, hiding from the defensive line. I think it helps. He's, he's well built to to put together at 210 pounds, and I think he's going to have another good year. Um, you know, I think that um, the, the passing game will likely take a step back, and I think they're going to rely on him and the backs a little bit more this year. So uh, we're going to see with um, with, with Tamu and D, DK Metcalf gone, I think that he's going to be relied upon and be a guy that's going to put up good numbers. Not a flashy guy. Not going to be the guy that comes up when you list the top two or three best running backs in the league. But he's very good. He's very underrated. And I can tell you this, in terms of after-contact yardage, he is one of the very best in the league, if not the country. I think if you're um, you know, one of the top half uh, tailbacks in the, in the SEC, you're probably one of the better tailbacks in the nation. I think that's pretty safe to say, you? Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, you look at the top running backs in the SEC um, – I mean, just to give you an idea in just the recruiting, like, I, I think it's DeAndre Swift. I'm not sure his freshman, Zamir White, who hadn't done anything yet, he's just there. I'm not sure Zamir White's not just as good. I, I mean, literally, I mean, we're talking, and then Najee Harris, pretty good. We just talked about Larry Roundtree and how underrated he is. You talk about an underrated guy, how about a Kayshawn Vaughn of Vanderbilt? Um, you know, Colin Hill, Mississippi State. Um you know, I just think there's a lot of good backs, a lot of good players, and a lot of them that, you know, maybe as fans, you're not recognizing yet in the college game because they haven't been there yet. They haven't played a lot. They've been a freshman that hasn't done anything yet. I don't know if John Emery of LSU may not be one of the best backs in the SEC by years. And, well, he had, doesn't have one down in, in college football. Same thing with, with White that I just mentioned. My point is, is there's a load of talent with the recruiting where it is. I think Auburn has the deepest group of backs that they've had in a long time. I think Booby Whitlow is really good and I think would make all conference lists in most leagues. And and they're probably deeper at Auburn than they've been in some time. So you're absolutely right. There's a lot of quality and a lot of quantity with, you know, the, the amount of guys that can be really successful. I mean, I don't know that um, Corbin of A&M won't be one of the best backs in the league by the time the year year ends. And I just mentioned Hill and, 
And we just talked about Phillips. And, you know, so, yeah, it is absolutely loaded, and particularly in Tuscaloosa and in Athens. So, oh, and I, and I tell you who I didn't, didn't mention that I think is, you know, um, Pirine in, in, in Davis at Florida are guys that could maybe take that next step. So you look around, uh, I mean, the only team I look and say, well, you know what? I'm not quite sure about their backs. South Carolina comes into question. When you lose Benny Snell at Kentucky, and that's a guy that was, you know, that may be, the the round tree may be the Benny Snell of this year, that everybody took Benny Snell, and everybody knew about him, but he became like on the national radar. That's what could happen with round tree in Missouri this year, is maybe they can be this year's Kentucky. But I, I, I think that everybody outside of a couple uh, maybe Kentucky, maybe South Carolina. Um, everybody's got a good back. Chandler at Tennessee. You got a lot of potential guys there that are really good, and some guys that have been very productive to this point in their career. That is your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. Have a fantastic day, everyone. We will talk to you tomorrow.